Hey, this is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. And if you're wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Giannoutsis. He's prepared to ignite. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey, listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world, and I want to welcome you to this episode today. This is a mashup, and um, what I'd like you to do is just uh, come along and listen to this with a lot of intent here, because you know, I've got four guests, four fantastic guests who are going to share some wonderful insights. And so do take notes as you listen to this as well. Before we get on to the episode, what I'd like to do is just say to you, hey, thank you for the tremendous feedback, support, congratulation messages and so forth for the 150th episode that's come out. If you haven't already listened to that, go ahead and do listen to that because I've got two great guests on that. That's Adrian Stevens and Juru Tagar who both were on episode 50 and episode 100, and they're on our, on the mashup for episode 150. Pretty amazing. Hey, if you haven't already checked out the episode 00, go ahead and do that. That's a small episode, but it's the launch of the podcast that we did just about 11 and a half months ago. The other thing too, team, is if you haven't already been to Facebook and checked out the Facebook group or on LinkedIn and checked out the LinkedIn page, leadership is changing, go ahead and do that. We'd love you to be there and love to see you join that community. Okay, we've got four brilliant guests who are going to share their insights. And that's around the question I asked that the show is called Leadership is Changing and what does that mean to you? And we've got from episode 53, Rebecca Harvey, who's the Head of Talent Enablement for Clearwater Analytics. Episode 55, Scott Wilson was my guest and he's the founder of Digital Influence it's a digital marketing and advertising agency. Episode 56, Adam Lowey. Adam is come from comes from a family of helping people move house. It's over 100 years old. And what he found is that as he went from house to house helping people move, that they threw a lot of food away coming out of the refrigerators and so forth. And so what he did is he set up an organization called Move for Hunger, and what they do is they take the uh, wastage food and they give that to people in need and so forth and some tremendous things he has shared in his portion. Episode 58, Jody Flynn. Jody is the 
podcast host. She's an author, speaker, and a coach. Her podcast is called Woman Taking the Lead. And um, Jody shares some fantastic insights as well. So team, sit back, relax, take notes, and enjoy this mashup. So the next question, you sort of answered it just before as well, which is the show is Leadership is Changing. That's the title. But what else does that mean for you? You know, if, if I tie uh, what you just said about Eleanor Roosevelt and pushing yeah. for what she believes in, I, I do think that the the situation that we find ourselves in with, with COVID-19, with um, the equity issues that we see in the world today, I think leaders truly have to stand up and put their money where their mouth is, right? Right, the, right. They, they have to stand for equity and inclusion. They have to stand for belonging. They have to stand for the power and strength of their teams. And and they have to be willing to recognize that not everybody's going to disagree uh, agree with them, right? I look at uh, Satya Nadella from, from Microsoft and, you know, his, his focus on diversity, inclusion, and belonging is just exemplary in the market, mm. right? And you know there are customers of Microsoft who clearly don't agree with that stance. He doesn't care, right? Yep. <laughs> that's, that's the company he's running and that's the work that they're doing and that's that's what he's that's what he's here for. Hmm. Right. At least he's got a stance. At least he knows what he's standing for and what he wants the company to stand for. Yeah, absolutely. If you look about you know AI and the work that's happening around artificial intelligence, Microsoft was one of the first companies to to stand yeah. up and say we need diversity in our software developers. Otherwise, we end up with you know facial recognition technology that doesn't recognize every face in the world. Sure. Right. <laughs> it sure. Recognizes only a certain spectrum of faces. And what happens with those leaders who? don't want to go down that way. What happens to those leaders who think, no, I'm quite happy just doing what I'm doing? I think as uh, as the industry changes, as we get more uh, generations in the workforce, Gen Z and millennials are going to force CEOs and leaders to, to take a stand, right? right. They're, they're look. you know, I'm not a huge fan of generational research, but in general, if we're going to talk in generalities, right? In general, there's a higher level of interest and desire in making the world a better place. Now, the show is called Leadership is Changing. When yeah. I say that terminology, what, what does that mean for you? I look, I, you know, I had a good think about this and, and I look at my the way my leadership is. I think, um, you know, as we, as the world quickens up and, and you know, and now we you know, we've got people wanting to work from home, you've got people working in the office, this, yep. this whole game is changing, right? There's different laws around all this sort of stuff now. Uh, there's going to be different laws created because of, of everything that's going on. So I think um, leadership now has to be more open uh, and transparent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, and that's that's definitely where I see it because if you want a world-class team, I'm a massive believer in, in hiring good people and getting out of their, their way, but leading through the core values, leading through right. through the, the, the vision and the bigger picture, but then bringing it back to the core values that everyone can buy into um, and everyone can take ownership of. And I think that's where, for me, the, the change is coming because you're, you're going to have people that want to work from home. You're going to have, you know, and, and that that brings a different dynamic to a team, you know, like it's not as connected. So how do we make it connected? Well, we've got to make it connected through through uh, some core 
core vision or core core values that that can really help us drive forward. And so that's the biggest thing I see changing. You know, is just how you connect your teams. Yeah, I, and you're right. I mean, that word connect that you've just used there, and okay, connect, we use technology to connect, whether mm. it's face-to-face and also virtual. But then the other thing too would be connecting them and reminding them and connecting back time and time again to the core values, as totally. you're saying, because it's not just a five-minute wonder tick in a box, hey, yeah. we've done, we've got our core values. Yeah. It's actually bringing it to life for them, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, exactly. And and bringing to life core values is the key uh, for, for me personally, and that's what I believe. Uh, you know, we have four core values in our business. Number one is happy to come to work, happy to leave. So what I mean by that is I want people that are happy to turn up, whether they're working from home or whether, you know, because we have a we have a global team, um, or whether they are coming into the office. I want them happy to come here. Like I always tell my, tell my people, it's not a jail. You don't actually have to be here. But if you are right. going to be here, be happy, you know, be happy in your work. Look to, to deliver world-class stuff, you know. But I also want them happy to leave. I want them happy to actually have things outside of work that they're going to and enjoying, right? Because that's right. a big part of it, right? You, you don't want just yep. people turning up to be robots every day, right? Hmm. Yeah, that's core cool value number one. Uh, number two is um, passionate about seeing others win. So we have a hashtag, one of my philosophies is celebrate your victories. We have a a daily meeting rhythm, and one of the things that we do first off in in that meeting rhythm is daily wins. You know, it could be a personal win, it could be a client win, but you bring a win to the table. You know, so people, you know, people like to win, right? And and we love seeing others win. We want our clients to win. You know, I jokingly say to say to some of our clients, you know, my staff care about you winning more than most of your employees do. And you know what? They get it. The the, the owners of those businesses get it because they see it day in, day out. Our team yep. work hard for them, right? So yep. that's, a, that's a real big one. And I think that galvanizes um, people when, when they hear about success and, and they bring their successes to the table. So it's a great way to get feedback um, going with people. Then another one, a third core value was world-class uh, training, world-class outcomes. So I'm a massive believer in giving the team the best training we can afford, okay? We're, we work in an environment that is that is hugely competitive. Oh, I was saying in, in, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, and it seriously is in the digital space, you know? There's, yep. So I want to give my team the upper, the upper hand by giving them world-class training. And, and that really helps them, right? That helps them be the, be the best that they can be but also it helps our clients you know that's the mm. that's the outcome to it and i've seen that time and time again you know and some people said to me oh you know you're training teams and people are, you know they'll leave and start their own business and oh, that's great you know like awesome at least they're gonna they go and then go do a good job for the other people that they're going to work for right well that's part of your success story isn't it yeah totally yeah it's yeah. it's you know it's 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 why it's how it should be. It's just a different way of thinking, and I'd rather have them here and they're awesome than have them here and they're not that awesome, right? No, um, yep. So this is the cool thing about um, having core values too. Uh, when I learned this and understood this and started implementing it, core values allow you to hire on core values, but also fire on core values. So right. it never becomes a personal. When you're getting rid of someone, it's never it never becomes that personal because they're out of alignment with your core values, and you can actually talk them to that. And, and people then decide, hey, yeah, this pl- probably is not the environment for me. So, uh, And the last one is influence through education. We believe nice. if you influence people on the, on the value of doing business with you by giving them education in advance, then you, you get a, pers- a better person showing up. 
you know. Mm. Um, so for me, core values is, is a strong part of leadership. And, you know, to some degree, you can have self, you can have um, self-leadership within the teams now because they all understand the core values. Um, so they know what's right and what's wrong for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've set that expectation as well, which is brilliant. Yeah, and I like them, the, the four core values for sure, and bringing it mm. to life team. Hey, listeners, uh, so here with Scott Wilson, we're just talking about the core values of what he uses with his team and helps them bring it to life uh, for them, but also their customers too. So it's fantastic. Hey, um, the show is called Leadership is Changing, of course. And um, well, when I actually say that terminology, what does that mean for you, Adam? Yeah, I, I think I think had you asked me this question before COVID, I would have had one answer. And I think we've all globally have had a, an opportunity to reflect a little bit on yeah. what it means to to lead not just a company but people um, and communities mm-hmm. like in these times. And I think really how it's changing is leaders becoming more open and receptive to creating space for dialogue um, and creating space. To, to try new things. I think, I think that's, that's the biggest thing that I've, I've gleaned out of all of this is there are so many new ideas happening now because of COVID that maybe in the past people would have said that's crazy or they wouldn't have taken the risk. And now it's what's, what's the worst that could happen? And there really isn't, you know, for the most part, most business professionals are taking calculated risks anyway. So, yeah. you know, you're always trying to, to hedge your, your failures a little bit. But in this environment, you're going to be able to learn so much more from those employees. And if you can take care of them and make them feel invested in what you're doing and, and let them play to their passions. I had an employee recently where, you know, we, we dove into the, the uh, racial justice movement we, we, uh, because that onion's been peeled back here in the U.S. In, in such a crazy way. And we had kind of some internal town halls. Now, we're not that big. There's only 12 of us at the organization. Right. And, and now we're putting out some regular content and how it ties to food insecurity and, and food waste. And while this wasn't this um, young woman's job on my team to put that type of content out, I could see that if there was a fire burning here that she wanted to do it. I'm like, what, what harm is it to put out really great content by someone that is passionate to do this and make this now part of her role in a way that's going to enhance what we as a, do as an organization as well as bring more value to this individual as a team member in our company. So those types of things, like finding those opportunities, that, that's been exciting for me to, to find ways that I can also contribute to my team members. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, and the fact that you see that that person had the fire, the burn in that person and, and allowing them to give uh, give them this, as you said before, create the space for the dialogue, but also create the space for trying new things. And I love that. And um, so that's a couple of times you've mentioned about the dialogue, the communication. And I think that's really important, especially as you said, yeah, you're so right. I mean, we've had to or it's almost like we've been put into a pressure cooker and hurry up and try things because you know, life was really fast, but life was almost like it slowed down because of pandemic. But then it's also forced us to, it's almost like revealed the curtains, but got rid of all the excuses. Now just get on with it. And people have had to get on with it. But I think you're right because the dialogue, the communication, that sense of community is needed so much more now because especially when people are working from home, right? It's um, it's not that easy. So, yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. and and you know, it's 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 easier for us to say that as a nonprofit, where you know our our job is to feed people. But at the same time, like 
yes, we're getting creative. Yes, we're trying to innovate and, and pivot in some places. But this time has also given us a lot of time to reflect, right? To, to dive deep, to, to have those maybe some difficult conversations on, hey, maybe the stuff we've been doing hasn't been as effective in, in this one area. Maybe it's time to rethink and reshape that. And right. what could this look like? And I've, I've always said, I don't believe in the mantra, you know, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like if, it, if it's not broken, like that doesn't mean that it can't be better. Like we should, we should be constantly thinking about ways to make our processes, our companies, our people, our culture better. I feel like that's the only way to really move forward. Yeah, great. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, if it's, if it's not broken, well, then we can make it better. Nice. I like that. <laughs> Very good. Okay, so the show is called Leadership is Changing. And of course, there's lots of things happening around the world today. But when I say that terminology, what does that mean for you? And this is a great question after the last one. The world needs leadership more than ever, but we don't just need leaders. We need great leaders. And by that, I mean, it's not enough anymore to be smart, competent, and capable of organizing and giving instruction to a team. A leader must be open and curious, a great listener, and someone who can show empathy and develop future leaders in this mold. And leaders now must also be committed to their ongoing personal development. They must be okay with making mistakes and owning up to it and get it wrong. I mean, leaders are more visible than ever. And I'm thinking, especially in the movement to create more diverse, equitable, and mm. inclusive cultures within organizations, that commitment has to come from and be modeled from the top. The days of a company's reputation coming solely from their advertising, press releases, and stock price are gone. Employees and former employees are on social media describing their workplace cultures. And there have been companies that have been outed because, or they've been outed for saying one thing publicly and not backing it up within the organization. And the stats of senior leadership and board seats are telling and people are paying closer attention. So there's almost this required transparency of leadership because people are going to know, how are you doing? How are you yeah. doing on these important issues? Yeah, you're too right. And, and that transparency is getting louder and louder um, every single, not year, not week, yeah. every day is getting <laughs> louder, right? Right. And then there's a new platform. A year ago, I was never talking about TikTok. Now it's no. all the rage. <laughs> yeah. No, before I was talking about KitKat, but now we're talking about TikTok. <laughs> So um, one's a chocolate and one's not, but never mind. Um, <laughs> that's all good. But you're right. And, and you know, my background is my father is from Greece and um, there is a saying in, 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 uh, in the Greek side of things that a fish rots from the head. Mm. And, um, you know, when you're talking about, you know, leadership comes from the head of the person, you know, of the organization, things like that, and they have to show that and the transparency and so forth. I think it's so true. But, yeah, it is getting louder and louder all the time. Um, and you've probably seen this as well, Dennis, when you're brought into an organization to help them develop or take on some new initiative or change. You start meeting with people and you're developing them and you're training them and it's all great. But what you hear from the people that you're mm. working with is this isn't going to last long because the people at the top, they're investing the money as a look good, feel good thing, but they're not doing it. No, right? They're right. not attending the trainings. They're not and, walking and, the talk. 
They're not walking the talk. And how many times have you heard people in workshops or training say, you know who really needs to be here? My boss. <laughs> all the time. Yep, you're, you're right. You hear it all the time. You know, and I, every time I will go and roll out a program, there might be four, five, seven hundred thousand people, whatever, go through it. That always comes up as number yeah. one. And then the number two bit is, is that we've got to start with the leaders so then they can live it all the time for sure. Right. And support their teams, right? If yeah. it's a new initiative, the leaders should be learning it first so that when as their teams go through it, they can support them and they know yeah. what they're going through. Too right. And and when it does happen, oh, it's a beautiful thing to see it happen, right? Yes. When yeah. everyone's on board and it, yeah. it's just infiltrated throughout yeah. the company and the culture and you see it, yes. Then everyone is like, okay, our leaders, are, oh, people feel good when their leaders are walking their talk. They know what yeah. to expect of them and they trust them. Yeah, exactly. And I think what we've noticed is as we're talking to leaders since the, the COVID side of things, the pandemic and that and lockdown um, happening towards the beginning of this year, what we've noticed is that those organisations that just based on what you just said there about the trust and walking the talk, they were the organisations, the teams that were able to adapt quicker. Yes. Uh, those who didn't adapted, but they were they found it a lot harder because they didn't have that trust, that foundation side of things, right? Which was really important. Right. Absolutely. And and communication is key. Right. Mm. People feel more trust when they feel like they're being informed. And guided so that it it does absolutely. There's so many little ways to build trust, and there's so many little ways to lose trust. But the companies that are, you know, enforcing those things, they're they're communicating, they're walking their talk, they're asking their people, they're getting their input, and they're taking action on it, or at the very least, explaining to them, "We're not doing this right now. Here's why. Let's let's." talk about this or reshape it, you know, when they have those open conversations with their people and their people know what's going on, there's trust. Yeah. Let's go back to something you said before, which is around the transparency side of things and, you know, the empathy, the open side of things. Uh, I think it's really important. So there's a couple of things I actually want to go back to. One is around personal development. So we'll go back to that. But the second one is around the transparency. Let's go, let's go to the personal development. How important is for is it for a leader to or a person? Forget it, whether they're a leader, an individual. Why is it is it important for them to be doing this personal development, and what should they be doing? Oh, that's such a, oh so good. Personal development required, right? Because mm. you have to have self awareness, right? You need to know where you need to develop yourself, and there's so many ways you can do this. It's almost like you can pick your interests and follow them, right? Mm. Or think about what's coming up in conversations? What do my people need from me? What skills do I need to develop? And you can do this through books, documentaries, you know, there's online programs, there's trainings you can sign up for, there's coaching, but you just, it's not even so much important other than having an, I think required is self-awareness in terms of, you know, what your strengths are, you know what your weaknesses are, and you know the impact you have on other people. That yeah. is minimum. And anything you can do to develop that awareness and those skills, fantastic. When you branch out from there, it really could be almost anything because it depends on what your interests are, what sector you're in, you yeah. know, what type of business you have, the business model, how big is your team. But if you're following your interests, 
Hmm. and you're paying attention to what you're being asked, you'll know what to seek out and, and how to develop. It's almost like a natural next step. Every new learning leads you to the next thing. And there's so many resources out there. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, great. And and I think the other thing too is a lot of people go into large organizations or any kind of business and they're expecting their business, their their company to develop them. They go, okay, so what's the company going to do for me? I've never had that attitude. I've always had the attitude of I've got to look after myself and be the best myself. Mm-hmm. And so I would actually go and invest money on in myself rather than waiting for I mean, if the company did it, great. But um, I never waited for that. Uh, what what Have you been like that or what, what have you done? Yeah, it's been a mix of both. I mean, there there's mm. even been some trainings that the company had suggested where I thought, ooh, that is not wh- where I want to be going. That's not what <laughs> I... And, and that actually came around as I was discovering coaching. I had a leader in my organization who, was, who said, I'd like you to get certified as a black belt, which is like a process improvement training. And I was like, ooh, process improvement is not really where I want to focus because by that point, as you're well aware, I was more interested in developing people, honing leaders, mentoring, you know, how do we get training for leaders? How do we give them experiences as leaders so they can test it out and see what it's... I was at that point more interested in developing a program where we could give people a taste of what it's like to be a people leader before they become a people leader because we you brushed on this earlier. Sometimes people are chosen just because, you know, they're really good at the task or the the area. They have a lot of knowledge in the area. And it's like, oh, the position's open. Well, you're the most senior person here. You've been doing this the longest, or you're the strongest person on this team. You be the team lead. And then they like some of them will do well. And some people get in that position and they don't know how to lead people. They know how to do the work really well. And so I was more interested in how do we give people a taste of that so they know whether or not this is something that interests them, you know, and perhaps if they're not a people leader, we can find them another path of leadership that they can feel good about. Because especially in the U.S. culture, like if you're not getting promoted, then you feel like a failure or you feel like there aren't opportunities to get raises. But, you know, we so we're promoting people at the expense of all the other people who will then report Mm. to them. So I'm going off on a tangent here, but that's just an example of how, you know, there's so many different things you can hone yourself and get and gain skills on. And yes, to answer your question, I was reading personal development books and it did show in the workplace that it's part of what had me stand out. And I think my psychology background and my interests and how people work was a huge reason as to why I got those five promotions when I got them, because I'd already had a basis in, you know, psychology and human development. And I just kept adding to what I knew. And then as, as I was experiencing things at work, I would look up articles you know, and maybe some trainings on, well, how do you deal with this situation and what does this happen? So it's, it's really to sum it all up, like follow your interests. Very good. Yeah. And you know, when, I mean, you and I are young people, we're, we're, we're young. And um, (laughs) the, the thing here is that even going back 20 years ago, 
Um, you know, we we would read the books and so forth. If I go back thirty years ago, it was the cassette tapes, um, the the books and things like that. But books has always been there. Nowadays, a lot of people say to me, "Oh, I'm too busy. I'm I'm a leader." I'm like, "Oh, really? I'm a manager. I'm just too busy for that stuff." I'm like, "What?" And so today, there is you know, going back to the, about the articles and and so forth. You've got those available, but now you've got things like executive book summaries. They take 300 pages. They summarize it in eight pages. Easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the audible side of things. You've got audios. You've got um, audio books. My you've got, Savior. Yep. yep. Audible. <laughs> po- podcasts and things like that. So that's great. And now you've also got things like YouTube and you can go on there and you can search the topics like you were just saying before and you can go and watch somebody on a video give you some information about it, show you how to do it, uh, which is quite interesting to see. I want to go. Yeah. Go on. Oh, I was going to say, yes, it, it makes no sense for somebody to say, I'm too busy to get better at what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very easy to say, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Hey, I want to go to the, the second area that I wanted to ask you, because that one was around the personal development. The second one was around transparency. Mm-hmm. We're finding that, as you said before, that people, are, leaders are expected to be more transparent that nowadays. Why, why aren't they transparent? What, what's sort of holding them back? Any ideas? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there is... This perception that a leader is somebody who has it all together, right? right? They're always doing the right thing. They know the way, show the way, go the way, right? And if they're making mistakes or they don't know, then they feel like, oh, I shouldn't be a leader. But that's not true. That's an old myth about leaders was that leaders had to just do everything perfectly. They had to be the person who knew the most in the room. Mm. And that that is not true at all. As a leader, you don't have to be the most knowledgeable person in the room. You have to be able to create that space that would allow the most knowledgeable person in the room to feel comfortable to bring their thoughts forward or to encourage other people to bring their perspectives forward right. and how to, how to gain information. And I... I have had clients who have said, you know, when it came up that they needed help, right? They were drowning in the amount of work they needed to do and deliverables and all of that. And I was like, who can you ask for help? Or can you have a conversation with your boss and set priorities and find out what needs to get done so you can reorganize this? Because yes, this is more than is humanly possible for any one person to do. And the response, I'll never forget this one response, but I've heard it on several occasions. I can't do that because if I do that, I'll be saying, I'm not competent. I am not capable. You chose the wrong person for this job. So instead of being transparent and getting a little vulnerable and saying, I need help, they were more willing to sacrifice their health their families, their personal life, you know, to work these extremely long hours so they could keep up appearances that they had it all together. Yep. I'm glad I asked you that question because I think you're right. I mean, that's 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 exactly where a lot of people are at and they don't want to be transparent because it's almost like they have a mask, uh, that they're hiding behind that mask. I'm not talking about a pandemic mask. I'm talking about yeah. this mask called leadership at times and uh, some people hide behind it and uh, it's really quite sad to see it happen um, yeah, yeah. when it doesn't need to like like you, we've shared like you can come forward and people will respect that it's I'll, a I'll strength share, i'll share this really quick dennis because i was that person at times right. in my job and when i was you know getting close to the next promotion i would have people say 
you know, I want your job, but I don't want to do what you were doing. Yeah. Because they saw it. They saw the long hours. And I was like, I don't expect that you do what I do. Part of me is like, I, at that point in my life, I was a workaholic and I derived extreme um, pleasure and also like some ego boost as well to really over delivering all of the time. And I would just say, I don't expect you to do what I did. I expect you to deliver and know when that means you need to work a little bit extra and when you can back off a little bit. But it it let me know that as a leader, I was scaring people away from ever wanting to be, you know, to my successor. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, scary uh, for a lot of people. But yeah, you're right. I mean, that's good. So thanks for sharing and being vulnerable with us there. Um, (laughs) So that's cool. Wow, wow, wow. Hey, listeners, did you enjoy that mashup? Wow, some fantastic insights shared by my guests as I've shared that with you today. And so that's brilliant. And I hope you took a lot of notes. Hey, team, if you haven't already checked out the Facebook group or the LinkedIn page, Leadership is Changing, come along and join that. Uh, We'd love to see you there. Absolutely for sure. Hey, listeners, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and the unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Hey, look out for the episodes as they're being released. Download them, have a listen, put a review and a rating. Share them with your friends, your family, your network. Hey, if there's any feedback you've got for me about the show, or if there's a question you'd like me to ask my guests as I interview them, or if you have a question for the Ask Dennis episode, feel free to send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.